Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the play in game one down Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia on April 13th. Obviously, you know today, Wednesday, right after the Hawks route, route, run routes like CJ Lamb, like Prime Julio. Oh my God, routes on the Charlotte Hornets. And I love, love saying that, especially because of our recent struggles against the Hornets. As I said, last episode, we have lost 11 of the last 15 coming into tonight. And the Hawks almost put, almost made it a 30 ball affair tonight, winning 132-103 in the State Farm Arena. And... Hornets charter bus was blocked by a freight train crossing near the arena downtown, and the bus had to take a different route, delaying pregame warm-ups for the Hornets. And, well, they certainly ran into a freight train tonight, getting busted, busted by the division rivals here in the Hawks. So I, I ain't going to make a Hawk noise. I ain't going to embarrass myself. I'm actually in a real good mood. I'm looking at the play, the playing game right now for the Pelicans. Y'all know I'm from Louisiana. Fly Pelicans fly, but you know we are keeping it true to the Hawks. And so when I come back, we're going to talk about that third quarter route that blew this game open. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, obviously, the big game on Friday night now, surviving advance. And we take on the Cleveland Cavaliers we had success against this year. Again, as I said before, before we went to break, busted. They busted the Hornets, man. It was a behind a 42-point outburst in the third quarter where they just blew the game open. And in the first half, they led as many as 13 points then. And Hawks pretty much had to lead most of the game and went, led by eight going into halftime. And third quarter, you know, here and there, you know, trading baskets. Next thing you know, the Hawks. Uh, LaMelo makes a three. I think it went back out to 13. They cut it down to eight. And the Hawks, David Millen called a timeout. And then after that timeout, the Hawks would never look back at all. After that point, it was a point where the Hawks hit 16 of the 24 shots in the third quarter. 
and they went on a 25 to 7 run to just go crazy. And we're going to talk about the hero in that moment, DeAndre Hunter, an unsung hero in that moment. He showed up big tonight along with several other Hawks players. There were six Hawks players in double digits tonight, including Trey Young, who started off slow but finished out with 24 points and 11 assists. It's always good when you get help. Like I said, we and I said in the program, we it can't just be Trey Young. We need a team performance. They're going to have to rally around him, give him some help. And yes, 24 points on 24 shots, so not efficient. He was one of seven from three. He did add three rebounds there and a block and a steal. He was plus 27 to plus minus. He was tied for second on a team with DeAndre Hunter, number one. And plus and minus category was another player who scored in double digits for the Hawks, Clint Capella, who, and I've been talking amongst friends, because I had a friend say, you know what, Clint Capella had not played well this year. He started off pretty rough, coming off the Achilles and all that, but I say the last two months of the season, Clint Capella has been very, very good, very good, and particularly the last month and a half, he's been excellent at the five position for the Hawks with John Collins out. He has definitely stepped up and commanded the paint all by himself. As I said before, 15 points tonight, 17 rebounds. And we're going to talk about the other players who were in double digits as we go through this episode. But Clint Capella was a force on the defensive end as well. He added two steals and three blocks tonight. So a terror defensively from the from Clint Capella, who also had three assists. So in my opinion, he was, I'm not going to say he was the X factor, but he was certainly one of many X factors tonight for the Hawks. And last episode, we talked about the keys to winning against Charlotte. And so we're going to review those keys because I'm proud to say that out of all the keys, I was only wrong in one area and barely wrong. So y'all know, y'all see, I know what I'm talking about and we're going to, Dive into it right now. I said the biggest thing was that, you know, LaMelo Ball is going to be LaMelo Ball. He's going to get everybody involved. He's going to score his points. We know that. But the key was to, we had to limit Scary Terry and Miles Bridges. And that was going to be on DeLon Wright and DeAndre Hunter and others to step up defensively and really make it hard for those guys. Check, check, check. I said that last episode, Miles Bridges, we need to really keep him under 20 points. If we keep him under 20 points, we win the game. Where did Miles Bridges end up? With 12 points. And he was ejected. He was frustrated, threw his mouthpiece at a young lady in the stands, and, you know, caught the showers early. Um, got, got the collective thoughts, and obviously he did come out and say he wanted to connect with that young fan that he lost, lost his cool and threw the mouthpiece at. But... He only had 12 points. I said, keep him under 20. We'll take 12. He shot 5 of 11 from the floor, so not efficient in that 12 points. 0 for 4 from 3. And Miles Bridges was a guy who, as our friend of the program, Jason Walker, would say, certified Hawks hater. Miles Bridges is a certified Hawks hater. And he averaged around 25 a game against the Hawks. And to hold him to half, a little under half of that, Huge win. Huge win. I, I got a point to that. 
But there was a lot of the things that the Hawks did well tonight. As I mentioned, six players in double digits. Again, we're going to go back to my keys. Scary Terry had to be kept in check. He still scored 21 points, but he scored 21 points on 22 shots. So not efficient. Eight for 22 from the floor. Two of eight from three. I got to put a check next to that. LaMelo Ball did his thing. 26 points, eight assists, five rebounds. But 26 points on 25 shots. Not efficient. Check. We'll take that. And to add to the scoring party for the Hornets, P.J. Washington did have 17 points and six rebounds for the Hornets. So he did what he had to do. But as a team, the Hornets shot 38% from the floor and under 32% from three. Great defensive effort from the Hawks tonight. One of the best defensive efforts of the season from the Atlanta Hawks. Got to tip your cap to them. I said that we had to get stops, and the team that was going to get stops was going to win the game. We got a, a lot more stops than the Charlotte Hornets, which led to the huge win in the State Farm Arena. Next point, the only thing I was wrong about, I said that Bogey has to score these 15 points off the bench to win the game. He fell short with 13 points. Did have a little ankle roll there in the third quarter. We're going to monitor that leading up into the game versus Cleveland, but Two points off from Bogey. We'll take it because, you know what, everyone else did what they were supposed to do tonight. I said Kevin Hurd needs to score at least 13 points. What did he score? 13 points. Added five rebounds and four assists, so another solid game from Kevin Herter. If Kevin Herter scored at average or above, typically things bow well for the Atlanta Hawks. And to add to the statistics for Kevin Herter, he did knock down three three-pointers out of four attempts, so very efficient for the three-point line. And five and nine from the floor. Got in foul trouble, but you know what? We'll take the points, and we're going to take the effort, and we're going to take the win. That's something that they need to work on. They can't get in foul trouble against this Cleveland team next game. Another key that I said we had to, had to complete in order to win the game, dominate the paint as far as scoring, and dominate the boards. Hawks. 54 rebounds tonight, plus 13 on the glass. Huge check. We usually don't win that margin. It's going to be tough sledding in this next game because we know Cleveland likes to rebound the ball and they're relentless on the glass. We have to match that energy for Cleveland, but we brought it tonight. 54 rebounds, again, plus 13 on the glass. We needed to win points in the paint. We won points in the paint, 54 to 40, so plus 14 points in the paint. Big check there. Another one right. As I said, the bogey the bogey prediction was the only one off. We're going to keep going. I said, hey, we need production from Gallo or Hunter. One of those guys has to go off. We got both of them. We got 40 combined points between Hunter and Gallo. As I said, Hunter went crazy in the third quarter. He had 22 points. 16 of those points in the third quarter where he and the Hawks went loco. And he was 6 or 7 from the floor in that quarter. Unsung hero definitely was the X factor tonight. His 22 points helped break the game wide open. And then Gallo hit some tough shots early in the game, finished off with some tough shots, 18 points from him. Great production from both of them. Can we count on that every game? Eh, you can usually count on one and maybe not the other. But if we can get both of them producing in the same game, watch out. Just saying, watch out. I said the Hawks needed to shoot. 40% or higher from three to win the game. They shot 50% from three. 16 to 32 tonight from the three-point line. Great, 
I mean, anytime you shoot 50% from three, you should win the game. 40% is good, especially for this Hawks team. So we're going to need to carry that three-point shooting, if possible, into Friday night. We're going to have to be able to shoot the ball effectively in order to beat this Cleveland Cavaliers team and move on to the playoffs. Some extra cherry on top. We look at the assist number here. We are really into that. 24 and up is what we want to see. 31 team assists tonight. Great ball movement. Everyone getting involved. And we saw it with, of course, six players in double digits and a couple players close to double digits tonight. So we had that added help. TLC added eight points and five rebounds for us. Remember when you guys were hating on TLC? He's been playing pretty well the last month and a half of the season as well. Give him your flowers now. DeLon Wright, remember y'all talking bad about DeLon Wright? Eight points, four assists tonight, adding to the scoring party. Okongwu played 17 minutes, three points, four rebounds, five fouls. We're going to need more from him, especially next game. Next game with Mobley back, we're going to need Okongwu to be big next game. Outside of that, no other Hawks played more than 16 minutes than the players that I mentioned. We got some players to get in the game. Down the stretch, Jalen Johnson had his first playoff points. Sorry, well, not playoff. I keep if it was a playoff atmosphere, great atmosphere in Atlanta tonight. And so I just get caught up calling it playoffs. But Jalen Johnson added to the party tonight scoring. Gorgie Jane scored. Skyler May scored. So it was a team effort tonight. 52% from the floor as a team, 50% from three, as I mentioned, 132 points, 31 team assists, 54 rebounds. One of the most complete games we've seen from the Hawks all year. And Hawks have been trending upward, but they're playing their best basketball now. And that's why I'm excited for them to carry this momentum into Friday night where they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on ESPN. And hey, we played a game on ESPN and won. We got that monkey off of our back. We have been slumping on ESPN slash ABC games. It was great to see them have some success. We're going to have to repeat that success on ESPN on Friday night in Cleveland. The Hawks went 3-1 against the Cavaliers this year and split the games up at the queue in Cleveland. And they won their last matchup here in Atlanta with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley out for the Cavaliers. It was a pretty easy victory, but they certainly did give effort. But Mobley's going to be back this game. We're going to have to be ready for that. As I mentioned, Okongwu, the forward, is going to have to be prepared to do battle on the glass, keep Evan Mobley off the glass, make it hard for him defensively, well, offensively to get it going, and obviously challenge him on the defensive side of the ball as well. Cleveland, their last matchup versus obviously the Brooklyn Nets, the 7-8 matchup where Brooklyn did win. Cleveland went down by 20 in the first quarter, but won every other quarter as far as points-wise, but ended up falling short to the Nets by seven. Darius Garland had 34, 19 points and seven rebounds for Evan Mobley. He did have five fouls, so that's something to look out for next game. Laurie Markkinen had 13 points, but on 14 shots. Karis LeVert, 12 points, but on 12 shots. 14 points for Kevin Love off the bench. Rajon Rondo got in foul trouble, but he had seven points and added nine assists off the bench. I think he's going to be a key for next game. We're going to have to have our bench perform. If our bench cannot perform Cleveland's bench, we're going to win the game. No questions asked. So that's going to be on Bogey. Bogey, 
did kind of struggle tonight. He's going to be huge next game. DeLon Wright defensively going against Rondo is going to be huge. Okongu on the glass, huge. We're going we're going to need team effort again if we're going to win this game. It's play it's a quote unquote playoff game. We're going to need all hands on deck. And in their game against the Nets, the three ball failed the Cleveland Cavaliers, which led to opportunities for the Nets. We're going to have to challenge that three-point line. We can't let Cleveland get hot from three. We don't want them to get any momentum at home, so we're going to have to snuff out the three-point line for some tough contested jump shots that are a little bit low percentage, and we'll go from there. As I said, you know, the last episode, the Hawks were playing one of the worst defensive teams in the league in the Charlotte Hornets, and now they're going to flip the script and take on a top seven defensive team as far as opponents' points per game and defensive rating with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the top seven. And both, on top of being one of the better defensive teams in the NBA, they do a great job of not fouling. So the keys to the game Friday night, ball movement. 31 team assists tonight. We're going to need probably about 27 in the next game. We're going to need to move the ball, get everybody involved, and spread out the attack. We're going to need to be patient and efficient on offense because we know that they're going to try to get up in our grill defensively, make things tough. So when they make things tough and they're physical, we have to try to get to the foul line and force the issue, especially with Evan Mobley still coming off the injury. We're going to need to really test him as far as on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to have to defend, as I said, guard a three-point line. Don't let them get in the rhythm, force some turnovers, and continue to be connected on the defensive end. We had one of our best team performances tonight. We're going to need to carry that energy and let our game travel up to Cleveland and continue to crash the boards like we did tonight. They're going to fight on the glass. We have a Kevin Love and an Evan Mobley. If they had Jared Allen, it would be even tougher. But that's a team that in Cleveland that likes to rebound the ball and they like to be a little bit physical. They want to slow things down. We're going to have to crash the boards, push the pace, get into our offense, and not let Cleveland get set defensively. That's going to be the keys for the game. Same things, shoot three ball well, team basketball, get stops. And Cleveland's a team that's slumping. They are 3-8 and eight now in the last 11 games. I mean, this is a winner-take-all situation. Winner, go home. Loser is done. Winner gets into the playoffs. So certainly Cleveland's going to be up for the challenge. They have a really good coach in J.B. Bickerstaff, and they always play hard no matter who they're playing, what the score is. I mean, we saw that in the next game. They never gave up, and that's why the final score was a little bit closer than it really was. So we're going to have to either match or exceed Preferably exceed their intensity as far as playing hard, going for 50-50 balls, loose balls, giving that extra effort needed in a playoff win. We're going to have to match or exceed that. And I'm going to say exceed because they're going to have home court advantage. We know that arena gets loud from the days of LeBron. I'm sure they're going to show up in numbers to support their surprise team in the Cleveland Cavaliers who, if they were the most improved team award, they would probably get it in Coach of the year considerations, J.B. Bickerstaff should be up there. But if we can exceed their effort that they're putting out, that's going to take away some of that home court advantage, and the Hawks will win the game. Again, spread out attack. Keep that defense guessing so they can't just key in on Trey Young. They're going to have to account for Bogey. They're going to have to account for Okongwu. They're going to have to account for Gallo. 
DeLon Wright get his little points. We're going to have to account for DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Capella on the glass. It's going to need to be a team attack, everyone pulling on the rope, so that we can move on and see our neighbors to the south, our division rivals, the Miami Heat again in the first round on Sunday. So I don't know if John Collins, I don't think he will play Friday night. He did participate in workouts before the game, was not able to go. But I imagine that he is close to coming back. And I foresee that he probably will play if the Hawks get past Cleveland and move on to take on Miami. Because when John Collins takes on Miami, even though he's going to be coming back from injury, for some reason he just goes crazy against the Miami Heat. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be the reason why the Hawks have upset the Heat in the first round. But certainly may make things interesting if we get to that point. But first and foremost... We need him to see if he potentially can go against Cleveland. If not, whoever is available, the players who play tonight, bring your lunch pail because it's time to go to work up in Cleveland on ESPN. Win or go home. Playoffs on the line. This is what you sign up for. This is why we played it. This is why we played the game. This is why I'm so excited. Two teams going in opposite directions. The Hawks have an opportunity to correct all the wrongs from earlier in the season, get into the playoffs, and once you're in, you're in. Let's make things interesting. We move, believe Atlanta, whatever the hashtags are. In the words of Zion, let's dance. Let's dance. I cannot wait. And if you love what you heard today, first, hopefully you're dancing because we, you're happy we won, but give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You're playing Atlanta Hawks. One game away from getting to the playoffs. So with that game coming up, share this podcast with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball enthusiasts, Georgia sports fans. It does not matter. Put them on. Y'all heard I was right about a lot. Let's see what I'm right about on Friday night. And hopefully we can get past Cleveland and get to the playoffs. For more updates on our show, follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And then follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67 on Twitter. We're going to catch you guys, win or lose, after this Cleveland game on Friday night. Let's go, Hawks. And as I'm watching, I'm looking at my Pelicans. Do what they got to do. They're up by, oh, Lord, let's do math. Let's do math. 17 points in the third quarter. So, you know, Louisiana, you know, I don't know how I am. Fly, Pelicans, fly. But it's go Hawks, and let's beat the Cavs. Beat the Cavs on Friday night. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.